Welcome back to Her Bold Story Season 2, a podcast focused on bringing you bold stories from inspirational women of color. Our phenomenal guest today is the owner and founder of Bold Curiosity, a leadership development consultancy. A woman who is passionate about designing learning solutions that add value and help young people transition to the working environment. A warm welcome to Celeste Stewart. I'm so looking forward to to this conversation today and I can't wait to discover the gems with you. Thanks, Inga. Thanks for having me here. And yeah, we're going to discover gems together. I'm happy to share some of my ideas and I'm sure I'll learn from you as well. So I'm very excited. Let's jump in. So, I mean, today's discussion is all about playing big. Um, what does playing big mean to you? Where does the term come from? So, so let me let me answer the second question. That the term comes from when I got to know the term was from the book "Playing Big" by Tara Moore, and I want to upfront just give her credit for um, opening up my mind and my life to to the concept and and her take on it based on her book. So for me, it's about connecting very authentically to that thing that you are so deeply passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's about connecting to the fire that everyone has inside of them. And then it's about making a decision to live to that, whatever the fire and the passion is for you. And I want to say upfront, it doesn't have to be one thing only. You know, some people have one big calling that they follow for some of us, it could be multiple things throughout your life that then evolves. But for me, it's about um, having the courage and developing the skills to listen to that voice inside of you and then to follow it with, with deep passion and make money along the way because that's also mm. important. Yes. I love what you said just around it's having the courage, the courage yeah. to to kind of unleash that magic within you. Yeah, because I know also when I read the book, that was quite something. It's quite eye-opening. I remember a chapter around attaching yourself to um, praise yes. and where it all comes from. And when yes. I read that chapter, it just it unlocked so much for me because <laughs> I was like, why am I so attached to praise? Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely been the book, I think, is many women should definitely have that in, on yeah. their bookshelves. Well, I think I think women and men should read the book and however people identify with themselves in terms of the, the gender spectrum because I think we can all learn from the book. You know, when we talk about women playing big, it doesn't happen mm. in isolation and it's not a conversation that happens amongst women only. Um, we need to talk about men because I'm, I'm very passionate about if we if we if we changing the gender landscape and in doing so helping women connect to their power and 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 step into it more authentically then we need to look at well then how do we redefine power for men um mm. within this new space because we cannot hold on to the old definition informed so much by patriarchy um for men and then say we're going to you know, women are, are also going to step up um, at the same time. I personally, I, I don't think it works either. Like something needs to break. Well, the mm. phrase, a lot needs to break. Yes. <laughs> In the current, we can't even call it the old system because there's still so much patriarchy everywhere. But yeah. something needs to break. And a part of that is how do we redefine power for everyone, actually? Mm. And, and that's such a great segue, actually, around 
in your opinion, is playing big for everyone? If, if you look at that definition of connecting to your, your inner power authentically, yes, I, I believe that playing big is about everyone connecting mm. to their inner calling and, and making a promise to yourself to honor that. And that's for everyone. I don't believe that playing big is reserved for an elite few. And that's what I love about Tara's work as well and her book and what it has done for me. It's about saying to every person, um, how can you connect to that inner leader, your inner whatever, inner diva or however mm. you want to frame it, you know? So, so I do think it's, it's about everyone finding their spark, everyone committing to it and everyone then following through with whatever it could mean for them. So yes, definitely. Absolutely. Mm. Everyone must play big. Yes, yes, I couldn't agree more. I mean, for yourself, Celeste, on your own journey with playing big, what made you move to play big? You know, Inga, that's that's such an interesting question because I think I was playing big already before I knew that I was doing it and before there was a term. Mm. So I have very clear memories of, okay, let me say, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but I do know being six years old and challenging um, people close to me to say, why must you wait for the man to give you permission to do something? Why can't you decide on your own? Mm-hmm. So that was the one thing. I I remember seeing interesting tensions in my household, in my community, shaped by by power. So I think I, I began to do it a long time ago. What I appreciate about... And, and anyone who's ever known me will always say, I've always been the one to speak up and to challenge. And sometimes to the point where people will go like, oh, like, stop it, man. You know, just, yeah. just chill. <laughs> just enjoy the family, bride. Don't come here with your, <laughs> your conversations about why are the women making the salads and the men at the fire? Because actually, why can't we make the fire too? Mm. But I think um, with, with what I love about the book and, and some other movements that I've joined is that Maybe I've been a lot more conscious of it at this stage in my life. But I have known since I was a young girl that this 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 is what I'm doing. So mm. for me, it's about consciously playing big. Maybe I would say like that that in my in my late thirties. Mm. And I love telling people that story because they think like you must be in your twenties and play big. Actually, you can you can start wherever you are yes. now, babes. Like wherever you are, whether it's twenties or thirties or forties or fifties. I remember when I was where I was with my second pregnancy and thinking about the rest of my life, and I just went, "I'm gonna leap now." You know, I'm, mm. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go on my own. I'm gonna start my own business. And that's when the playing big crystallized for me. Um, so at that age, but I knew way earlier in my life already. Mm. And, and Inga, on that note, you, you know, it's interesting about me doing this work at a, at a young age as I was always labeled as cheeky, as unnecessary, as rude, as disrespectful. And so for me, getting to a point of being in my 30s and saying, oh, this is me playing big, mm. I've had to endure a lot of um pain and hardship along the way around how my behavior, how being a rebel was um, not accepted in my community. Now mm. people are people are going, oh, wow, you're like, Celeste, can we talk to you? And I'm going, mm, yes, well, there's a lot of scars I've developed along the way. 
Yes. And and that's so interesting also, like you're saying, like coming into the space of consciously playing big mm. and also how our childhood traumas have affected that that spark in us mm. and then when you come into your you know more mature adult life you realize actually this is just who I am exactly. and you can't you know and you've got to work through all of that to know like you can be cheeky and it's actually not being cheeky you're yeah. just saying your your part yeah um and you're letting everyone know where you stand yeah. and and if it's not to their liking then there are different rooms and different tables for different people exactly <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think for me, I I always spotlight that part, that trauma part in conversations like this, not because I want to, I want people to feel sorry for me, mm. but because I want the people who are raising girls to hear this message. Mm. If your daughter is, if you're saying cheeky, then she is outspoken. Use mm. her voice, like let her fall in love with her with her rebellious self, because we need those leaders in the world, especially today. If we look at all these, all the pain points that have, have, have come to a tipping point, I think it's because we've silenced the rebels. Mm. <laughs> like like we, need to, we need to bring the rebels around the table so that we can all work together, you know, on this movement, because it's, it's, in, it's in all of our best interests to start mm. having these robust, awkward, uncomfortable conversations because we cannot change if we keep doing what we've always done. Yes. Um, we have to do different. We have to think different. We have to show up differently. So if somebody is listening and you are raising girls, like celebrate the cheekiness, the rebellious side, that fighting spirit, because you'll see it in them at a very mm. young age. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know who the cheeky committee members are. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I completely agree. There's a voice. These voices need to be heard um, and definitely not to be silenced. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's time to to get uncomfortable in the uncomfortableness mm -hmm. and then to make a new narrative, actually, yeah. um, where we can all be heard. But again, coming back to your point, I, I really want to like tease it out around like more the consciousness of playing big. Like what happened for you in that moment when you, when you consciously knew mm -hmm. I'm playing big? Because I... I'm assuming you would have then played even bigger mm. because you knew intentionally this is where I'm at. I mean, there's these two stories that come to mind. The one was when I was at the lowest point, I think, geez, one of the lowest points of my life, actually. And that was the, the catalyst that got me into playing big. So the first thing I want to say is when you start playing big, it doesn't feel glorious. Mm. It could just be, it could be like a, the starting point where you go, shit, I've been tolerating someone's nonsense for a long time and I'm allowing it. Like, mm. let me snap out of it. And that was the first moment for me was talking to my psychologist about where I was at in my life and, and you know, talking about a specific person making me, forcing me to think a certain way. And he looked at me and he goes, and you are allowing it. It was the most powerful words in my life. Now, look, mm. if you were a man and you challenge me that way, you, you better know that you must be, either have high trust with me <laughs> or you must have serious protection because I'm going to clap you. But, <laughs> but, but when the words landed, I realized and that it was such a defining moment in my life because I went, oh, 
it's true. And if I'm allowing it, then I can also not allow it. Mm. Like I've got agency, I've got options, I can push back. Because when you're in that situation where you are slowly being abused, you play small and you play small, mm. every day you dilute your power to suit this person or the setup and we don't even know we're dialing it down and mm. so that was the moment and then I I, I remember leaving the coffee shop and it uh, the his session and it felt like this weight had been lifted off my shoulder and I just I had such clarity in the moment and I went to a coffee shop and I wrote a story I wrote my story three years from where I was at that point as if Oprah was interviewing me talking about the amazing work I was doing on the African continent and for my country and I wrote it as if it was happening then, like now already. And so and so much of that, I mean, I still get goosies now, but so much of that actually came to light. So that's when I knew I was playing, I was now stepping into the spa when starting to play mm. big. And then other instances where I've, like there was a, I'll never forget, there was a women in business, a graduate, graduate school, UCT GSP Women in Business Conference happening in 2016. And I saw the agenda and the, the agenda was, resilience and resourcefulness now if there's two words that describes me it's that i'm a hell of a resilient and i'll make a plan so i'm extremely resourceful mm. and i looked at the title and the first thought i thought is i need to be there as a speaker not as a participant i want to be on that stage speaking telling my story and then i wrote a letter to someone i knew i said i know you're not calling for speakers but i want to put myself forward as a speaker now Imagine the courage to do that because yeah. you really are making yourself, you're telling someone what you want. They, like there's no invite. <laughs> but I, I believe if you want something, babes, write your own invite. Oh, so, I so then I wrote and then when I was done with that, I thought, you know what, whether they invite me or not, that's not actually important. The fact that I've been able to state so explicitly what I want, that's actually what's great about this. Whatever the outcome is, it's fine. So detach from the outcome sometimes mm. and then and then she sent it on to someone else and someone else and then I I happened to then speak at the event and so I, I always go back to that as a story um, and one illustration of of me playing big because we, we think it's this grand phase in your life that you go into it's in the minute experiences that we have every day that if we just put a bit of a lens on it that we realize how many opportunities we have to play big. Sometimes it's speaking up. Sometimes it's not laughing when people expect you to laugh. That's your act of rebellion and that's you playing big. Sometimes it's you raising your eyebrow so that people can see that you don't like the comment that was just made. And other times it's starting a big movement. So it can take so many different shapes and forms. And when we start to appreciate the micro moments that's how we build up the confidence because every time you do it, your brain goes, bing, I can do it. And then you mm. take on something bigger and then you take on something bigger. So examine those those tiny moments and 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 don't overthink it. Mm. <laughs> Deep as the as the book says. And then and like just trust yourself and take the chance. And they can say yes or they can say no. Either way, give yourself a pat on the back for trying. Uh, I love it. I love it all, <laughs> Celeste. I'm like, I don't know where to start to unpack. But let's go back to the coffee shop mm. and writing down, taking like what I'm hearing is that number one, playing big, be intentional, you know, be conscious about it. Yeah. Because in that moment of you, you writing what, where I want to be, 
you are being intentional. Yeah. Where did that come from? Like taking the moment to decide this is what I want to do and putting it out there, right? And telling yourself, yeah. this is what I want to do, which is scary. I, <laughs> I think we are very good as human beings as thinking about what, at thinking about what we don't want. Mm. We don't give ourselves enough license to dream mm. and to play and to think. So sometimes even if it's taking the negative and flipping it into something positive and thinking, well, okay, if I don't want to be in this, what does a positive vision of that look like? Or mm. I could also say, if I was, if I have arrived at that point where I want to go, what would it look like? And the thing is, you know, like, I mean, I can give you a few examples of how, how I've done it for myself, but, but everyone needs to also find a technique that's going to work for them. So for me, it's when, when I'm unhappy and I go, okay, if, if I were feeling happier and more fulfilled, what would my day look like? What would I be doing? Who would I be speaking to? And I was actually having a conversation with someone this morning where she was asking me this, you know, as I now, my business evolves and there are other things I'm considering. But it's, it's, it's those types of things. And I think um, that, that moment for me with my psychologist when I thought, so if I'm allowing it, then actually I can stop it. I can not allow it. That, that That was cathartic. It released my brain. And then I just... I just sat and, and I just started writing. So sometimes we need to just sit with a blank canvas and not have any expectations of ourselves. And I know that sounds a bit weird, but when we go into a conversation, you go, oh, I must come up with a vision and I must mm. come up with this. You, you, you don't know what else there is that's brewing in your prefrontal cortex. So sometimes just, just relax into who you are and, and like trust that you are enough and mm. then let your arm just, let your hand just like, let whatever is in your inside of you flow through your hand. Like mm. just, just for me, sometimes it's going in and just believing that you are enough instead of thinking about questions you can ask to activate your plain big self. That also gets you to then get clearer on, on what you do want. So yeah, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. It does. And it makes me want to ask you another question. Yeah. Like just about... <laughs> Just around vulnerability. Mm. So in, in you having stepped into consciously playing big, did you have to become more vulnerable with yourself? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I feel like this is a Medea moment. <laughs> Hell to the yeah. I mean, look, I, I also, in terms of the Enneagram, I am a type eight on the Enneagram. Okay. So we um very good at creating spaces for others' vulnerability, but not so great to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and say to other people, like, I need help. That's my thing. Everyone mm. says, oh, and I am. I'm a trailblazer. I'm a rebel. I'm a pioneer. I know that. But it's very hard for me to say to people, I need help. So I had to definitely embrace the vulnerability, the vulnerability of going from being very busy to not being busy at all that first phase of your career, um, the vulnerability around not having as much money as I had. In fact, I had mm. Jack. <laughs> like I remember, I always remember one event I went to and I was like, shit, like I can't actually buy a cup of coffee because the money I've got on me is just mm. enough to pay for my parking, you know? So mm. is that kind of vulnerability? And then also, I think finding that community that I could surround myself with became super important. So 
calling my psychologist to say, look, I can only pay you a month mm-hmm. from now, but do you think I, I really just need someone to talk to? And mm-hmm. then having mentors as well that I could call at any point. And, and, and friends who didn't necessarily know the detail of what I was going through, but they kept encouraging me. And, 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 and so that's what made me get comfortable with my vulnerability. And the one thing specifically that also helped me was having an entrepreneur that I could talk to regularly who was like a year or two ahead of me in terms of mm. the growth curve. So that when I felt, when I was Debbie Downer, you know, really, really down, then I could have a conversation with her. And for me, it was like I was talking to my future self. Mm, that's awesome. Because I was like, I'm going to be there a year from now. So it's okay. Like, this is the, this, this is really shitty right now, but I'm going to get there. So that's how I have come to terms with my vulnerability. But you're going to have to open up. You're going to have to say, I don't have money. Let me do a trade exchange with someone. And obviously, be fair about it. Like, don't be a doist. Don't like, <laughs> I always say to people, like, don't, I'm going to give you 2,000 rands of work. And then in exchange, I must do, six months labor knees labor is mm. long gone long gone so so we must also be fair in that um you 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 must be able to reach out for help you must be able to say i don't know but i'm gonna go and find out so befriending your vulnerability is a certainty that's going to happen and it doesn't have to be crisis or negative is it going to feel uncomfortable yes yeah but you know that's that's when learning and growth happens when we're out of the comfort zone so like buckle up because it's part of the course (laughs) (laughs) for sure for sure but you touch on such a i mean you touched on the aspect of not be like with playing big to your point of gsb you put yourself out there and then you said i can't you you had to let go of the outcome yeah tell me more about that like how does that also um feed into playing big yes well, I mean, it's the point you made earlier, unhooking from praise and criticism. Mm. If you think about the, the, the Tara Moore book. So she says that when we, when, and, and she says a very interesting stance on feedback, that when the first time I would heard it, I was like, girl, are you smoking your wheat picks? <laughs> That's not what I've heard about feedback my whole life. And she says, feedback, sometimes feedback doesn't tell you about you, but it tells you about where the other person is at, oh, right? That's so, so beautiful. Yes. Yeah, I, I was I was upset with girlfriend when I first heard <laughs> that because I was like, oh no, hell no. It's, not, it's like you're asking me to unlearn 30 odd years of conditioning me. I'm with so, you. So, right? So, but then when I, I sat with it, so, so then I started to think, actually, sometimes that is the case. So, we, we put so much of our validation in what other people are going to say and do and whether they're going to accept us, mm. right? So for me, at first, the validation was if the GSB says yes, then I am a powerful woman. Oh, no, yes. no, 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 no. That is not the measurement. The fact that I had the idea, that's already me playing big. The fact that I had the courage to put my words onto paper, that I took a risk and I reached out that I was vulnerable and said to someone, I really want to do this, knowing that they can, they, they're the gatekeeper. So for me, it's that, that unhooking and that feedback thing that I was using because I went at the end of it, I went, actually, I'm so, I feel so good now that whether they say yes or no, I, I, I'm giving myself the permission right now to play big and that's okay because that then also just opened my mind up in terms of the topic of resilience and all of mm. that. And, you know, 
I got to speak on the day and I was phenomenal on the day. And I can say that now with such great comfort and mm. pride. And even that in itself is me um, playing big. So, so that, that detaching from the outcome is, is, is so important. And, and I want to also just be very honest to the listeners and say, I don't always get that right. Mm. Sometimes I go, Oh, so you invited that person over me. Yeah. <laughs> the words that come out that I cannot repeat right now. But, uh, but you know, then, then obviously I, I, I get angry. But I think I always speak about it because I am so authentic about this journey. Mm. And just having, having the literature for me to go back to and having people that I can reach out to in the Playing Big community. And they'll remind me of that. Remember, the feedback says nothing about useless but it's about where that person is at right now and hope from the praise and the criticism the fact mm. that you've taken that step that that's validation enough so so um yeah that's how that played out for me and i mean the other example i'm laughing now but i think people <laughs> must think i'm very interesting as a character but when when i applied for the the m journey that i'm on right now um i i dropped my application <laughs> i'll never forget and and the person looked at my application and he said, "Oh, but because I've got I've got an undergrad from years ago, hmm. um, and I'm doing and I'm applying for masters. In other words, I don't have an honours, which is sometimes required, oh. but it's not compulsory." Yes. Drop my application for me. He says, "Oh, but you don't have an honours now." You know, in that moment that you just feel so embarrassed and shame and humiliation. Yeah, I felt all of that, and I mm-hmm. was like, "Take out, taking out my earrings." <laughs> I was ready to fight. And, and I remember leaving, calling my sister, and for 45 minutes, I was swearing on the phone. And then she said, what are you very good at, Celeste? You are very good at turning a situation around. So you know what I did? I created a whole document, and I called it my superpower, mm-hmm. the reason why I deserve a spot on the info. They didn't ask for it. And I, I put a, a, the cover page was a big-ass photo of me. And then after that, story after story after story, we have been a change maker mm. in my community. And again, at the end of it, I thought, you know what? If they don't accept me, I mean, they have accepted me. So it's, it's been it's been great. But if they accept me or not, it's okay. The fact that I've been able to write my story like this, mm. that is successful in itself. And so then it's me saying, you know, look for these opportunities. The, I don't have these opportunities because I'm exclusive. Everyone can have these opportunities. Shine the the spotlight on what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And you'll see those moments when you can just go, I'm going to stand up for me now. And whatever the outcome is, I'm okay. I'm going to let go of it and, and go with the flow. Oh, I love the story so much. And as you were telling it, all I was thinking was, you just created your own opportunity. Yeah. And that's what I took from it. And, yeah. and when in that moment, like you the world is your oyster then yeah. because wherever you want to go, yeah. it's, it's for you to, to take. Exactly. Um, and, and that's really what I took from what you were saying, which is so, for me, it's so grandiose. It's so energetic. Like you're like, Oh, I can do whatever I want. Exactly. exactly. And you know, people talk about if the door doesn't open, knock mm. on the other door. listen, I build my own wall. I build my own door. I bring my own cement. I bring my own mm. bricks. And if there is no door, I'm going to create my own space and not just for me, but, but other women as well. And so I think the opportunity is, is literally there for everyone. And imagine how different the world can be if 
more of us did that, woke up oh, every yeah. day and said, what's the thing that makes my heart sing? What sets my soul on fire? And that's what I'm going to do, like, passionately, and I'm going to give it my all. I think mm. we'll be very, very different people overall. Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, for me, only having read the book in my late 20s, I was like, wow, if I had this information, <laughs> even at school, yeah. like, be to our previous like the point in the beginning you can call me cheeky you can call me the names but this is who I am and this is how I will step into things and just because you're the teacher doesn't mean all my worth and validation is hooked up to what you're going to give me in terms of feedback like it's it's really the book unlocks or those concepts unlock a lot and it speaks to a lot of unlearning learning and relearning yes so for you, Celeste, like you've alluded to some of the possible mental shifts, but what were, were some of you, again, mental shifts and changes you intentionally started to make maybe? Sure. So, so I mean, one of, one of the mental shifts was also around ignoring some of the voices on the outside. <laughs> so, you know, where, where people would like those labels and things just, knowing when to pay attention to the outside narrative and when not to, that really helped me on my journey. I mean, some of the other mental shifts that I also made was around the whole thing about validating myself, that it's, a, it's okay to do that. That was important. Um, it's interesting because some of the mental shifts I also needed to make was that I needed to um, allow myself to be successful. When we think of, of mental shifts, we always think about, some of the negative narratives we need to unlearn. But I think sometimes giving ourselves permission to be successful, that is also an incredible power, like a mental shift um, that you need to make. So, so that was also like allowing myself to receive what is meant for me. Um, that was important. And I think the point I mentioned earlier about like reaching out for help, um, that was also something that I needed to embrace. The other big thing, which we haven't spoken about yet, is the M word, money. <laughs> um, just like forming a whole new narrative around money on my journey. Oh, I think I need to write a book about that. When you when you grow up and there's you know money for like the basic things, there isn't a lot. Then um, that can sometimes affect like what you think you are worth when you're coming into mm. a space like this. And so things like you know what do you charge people? What are the rates? How much work do you do free? And I see this a lot with women like starting their own business, and the first thing that goes, oh, I'll offer the work for free because I'm young and inexperienced. And I always go, but but why? The fact that you're starting your business, mm. um, maybe your business is new, but your expertise is not new. You've been building up your expertise. And if it's one year or five years or 20 years, there's value that you can attach to what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so have the courage to know what that value is. So, so those were some of the, the shifts I needed to make. And then also just like, who am I talking to about what I'm doing? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, was, I literally told no one at the start that I was... I'd left that business partnership and I was flying solo. My husband knew because I spoke a lot and I swore a lot and I cried a lot um, that first year, especially. But um, 
literally that's that's the people who knew and the clients I started reaching out to. But I just decided that um, I, I, I'm going to focus on, on getting work done and getting mm-hmm. traction in the market. And then I'll talk to people what I'm doing at a later stage. And so let the results speak for itself. And um, I, I, that, I made that conscious decision because the last thing you want to do when you're tired and building up a business is I have to explain to people why you're doing what they want. They don't always get like, people don't always get entrepreneurship. There's still a lot of people going, you must work for a company. And, and I don't, I, I don't disrespect that at all, because, but it's not, it's mm. not for everyone. So if, mm. if your plane journey means going into the entrepreneur space, then um, be deliberate about who you, who you're talking to talk to people who get it. And who can mm. support you and challenge you, but give you the support that you need that's going to enhance your journey, not not add a weight, especially the first two years, because you plant all these seeds, you don't get any, so you don't get the return on that investment. And so there's a lot of emotional tax you pay more so at the beginning, body or energy. That's very important. Mm. So that the shift around mm. that was also essential for and, and again, you touch on such a good point and a segue into our next question. You know, playing big, you're constantly putting yourself out there. It takes a lot of energy. You yeah. have to be deliberate. Yeah. Um, it's top of mind stuff. Yeah. Isn't it exhausting playing big all the time? How do you mo- maintain the momentum, the self-motivation to continue? It, it is. As much as it's rewarding, like sometimes I feel like a pop snook. <laughs> <laughs> and for the people, if anyone doesn't know, it's the if it's the the people said the entrepreneurs selling the fish on the side of the road, and it's just been in the sun for too long, and there's, there's no backbone. That that fish is just pop. It's it's wobbly. <laughs> but um, I I do, and and because a lot of my work is also me putting myself into the work. It's it's it is very taxing, and so I have to remind myself to take take like try and schedule a, a day in the week where I'm not working, where I'm just giving myself space to think and space to just be and space to not be rushing around trying to do a million things. Self-care, mm-hmm. I know it's very topical right now. It's trending everywhere. It's net hashtag this, hashtag that. But <laughs> but I, I, I do think um, when you are playing big and with the kind of work that, that I do, like you have to be able to schedule and I'm talking to your listeners as I'm talking to myself mm-hmm. right now, like go and book that massage for 10 o'clock in the morning and lay then let that therapist knock those damn knots out of your back, babes and your shoulders <laughs> and don't feel guilty. So hence me saying I'm talking to me as much mm-hmm. as I'm talking to the listeners because me being almost seven years into my journey, I still go like, Oh, let, let me rather choose. This was me the other day. Let me rather choose a pedicure because then while the therapist is working on my toes, I can sit there with my laptop. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I like putting myself in this rat race? You know, you, so the, it's also about like, you know, people say self-care, but for me, it's about like, what do we measure and what do we value? Yes, we need to do the mm. work that's going to bring in the money, but you don't think well if you're burnt out. We know that. There's neuroscience to back that up as well. So so take time out, be guarded, protect yourself. Hence me saying know who you are also surrounded with because that also affects your energy. And 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 like 
you must invest in yourself. We all know this. We can only give mm. when we are full. And we, when we burnt out, we don't show up for ourselves well. Um, and so, yeah, like a few months ago, someone was saying to me, I see the midnight emails are coming through thick and fast again. Oh, <laughs> And I had to go like, thank you for the feedback and holding up the mirror. Um, and since then, I was like, okay, well, let me, if I need to do an email, schedule it to go off the next morning. Or how about I actually just mm. switch off at night and, and mm. like ring fence my working time because we, we love what we're doing. We're so passionate that we just want to be working around the clock. And as a in the beginning, you feel so good, <laughs> but you, 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 you cannot sustain it. And so whether it's, it's that or burnout or whatever else, like, like put your energy into playing big. Absolutely. But put mm. as much energy into refueling. Your car will only mm. go as far as the fuel in the tank. If the fuel mm. runs out, it's going to stop. And I've been there a few times where my body has just said, a hectic this or a hectic infection or oh my worst so far has been when I developed flippin' laryngitis and I couldn't speak for two weeks. I nearly died. I nearly died. And like a week into it, I was like, oh, what does this doctor know? You know, we are dropping ears with really stubborn. Mm. I'm just gonna continue talking. Jeez. <laughs> Did my and then the body said listen. And I, I literally just had to stop and and take a break. So before you get to that point, I building time to look after yourself and also know that when you do that the world is not going to be very embracing of it because we still glorify the women who work around the clock all the time we glorify burnout we glorify being on the Mm. treadmill so people are going to judge you and go oh so you must be rich because you can sit liquor at the thingy whatever people can believe whatever the hell they want to believe um i'm taking the risk so that i can do these things where i can go for Mm. massage so Again, unhooked from that praise or that criticism. Do do what's right for you and build in the time. Yes. And if you can't afford a treatment at night or in the morning when you're applying your moisturizer, spend an extra two minutes just giving yourself a nice face massage. Um, mm. That's your investment. Great. And you start your day that way. I love that. That point of as much as playing big is important, make time for the importance of you yeah. to continue the sustainability. Yeah of being able to play big. Yeah. Um, I couldn't couldn't agree more. And and I love you, also your story around the 12 o'clock midnight emails. <laughs> Always need a mirror to say, nobody is awake right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, that, that trend picks up so quickly before we even know it. Then, then 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. becomes the new 8 p.m. And then mm. 3 p.m. becomes the new, 3 a.m. becomes the new 9 p.m. So the lines become blurred, especially with most of us working from home right now. Um, protect your time and your space and your energy and, and still put mm. those boundaries in place because you must switch off at some point and go do other stuff to have your best thinking. Mm. No, couldn't agree more. Celeste, throughout our conversation, you've you've been peppering words of encouragement, um, some insights, some advice on how to be to play big. But maybe let's ask what words of encouragement do you have for listeners to start playing big? I think that the starting point is about you having a conversation with yourself. Firstly, give yourself permission to live your best life. Like sit with yourself somewhere whether it's a candle or you're playing a liquor jam and you're dancing or whatever you're doing, but mm. 
like look yourself in the mirror and go, I'm going to live my life for me. And that doesn't mean like, you know, if you are a mother, you're no longer going to be giving to your children. No, 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 no. You will still take on mm. the caring persona, but commit to you, you becoming your biggest fan and then take a pen and paper and start to write down what you want to achieve. Like what, and, and, and what makes you happy. And if you don't know what makes you happier, then the first step on your journey of playing big is go and explore, babes. Be curious. Go and do, make make jewelry, go bake cake, flip and paint. I don't know, go walk in the forest, do whatever you want. Mm. But explore a few different creative outlets to see what it is that that you that brings you joy. And then think about whether you want to turn that into a business. Um, and so I think, you know, we've, I think Maya Angelou talks about the, you know, the, the song in your heart. I don't know if it is, but anyway, the, the point mm. is like, you've got that song there, but we add all these layers about what society expects us to do. So for me, playing big is just the first step is saying, this is about me deciding what my narrative it's gonna, is going to be. It's like you, you, you commit to being the author of your own story. Mm. So what's that introduction, introductory chapter that you are going to write? So that, that's important. And for me, I also think about, which is a bit depressing, but also a bit, and I mean, I, I am very unconventional, but I always think about like, what do I want people to say about me when I leave the earth in the shape and form? Well, they're probably going to say she was loud and cheeky and a pioneer and, you know, broke the, the ceiling for other women to come and attend to all of that. And so... Mm. Sometimes looking at that, that your, your tribute also then starts to give you some indicators when we work back from that to where we are now. What do I need to do to start to, you know, lay this path? And that in itself is you playing big. Like I said, mm. you don't play big when you get a big project. You play big when you commit, you yourself, you commit in your mind, I'm going to turn it on now. And there's nothing groundbreaking that, like, there's no earthquake or lightning out of the sky that's nothing <laughs> like that it almost feels too simplistic but remember like like we all cells we vibrate at a certain level and 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 don't underestimate the power of what is happening right now in that moment when you say i'm giving myself permission to live my best life and to be successful however that looks whatever shape and form and so if we just start with those affirmations, start by brainstorming a little bit, exploring different things, go and do weird things that you've never done before with people mm. you've never, okay, wear your mask and all of that, social distance. But I mean, mm. you know, for, and, and, and then the rest will come, the, the tangible stuff mm. that other people can see. But you first need to have a sit down with you. And that for me is the first thing that I want to leave people with. And also you touched on such a good point around giving yourself the permission, yeah. not waiting yeah. for anyone else yeah. to give you the permission. I think for me, that just like, even this conversation right now, I'm like, yes, gave my, myself the permission exactly. to have this conversation with Celeste. I am better for it. I'm going to start playing even bigger now because of it. Um, so yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Right? Write your story, have the conversation with yourself set out where you want to be but Celeste with us whenever we end the show we have to ask all of our guests 
which woman would you want to have at your table and why? Oh, that's always interesting because I think that we tend to look to so many of these external role models, like internationally or whatever. I would always want my mother at the table with me because mm. she's one of the strongest women I know. She and I are both stubborn. We be equally stubborn. So that stubborn streak, I love it. I would want my sisters because they both trailblazers in their own in their own way. And then some of the, like Shirley Zinn locally, who's written a book about resilience. I think she's flipping amazing and she brings that mm-hmm. quiet power into the room. And and a story. I I love a story. I mean, everyone talks about Auntie O, Miss Oprah. Hey. <laughs> I would have been able to like get to the point where I could say, Oprah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you doing? Can I come come around, chat you with something? We can pick avos, you know, on your <laughs> on your plantation. <laughs> um, it's women like that. It's women like, um, gosh, like uh, I mean, I'd love to be able to sit down with Maya Angelou, and I know she's passed on, mm. but women like that that I would like to have around the table and sit with and talk to them. I'll. Deputy Vice Chancellor at UCT, we call a deputy mm. mother. I'd love to have her at the table as well. Um, I love how she is a thought leader and a game changer and stirring things up in her own way. Um, mm. And how she's still connected to the the audience. You know, she isn't she isn't created this ivory cage. Which yes. is not she's not accessible. She's very much accessible. Um, so those are those are some of the women that I would like to have. Just one. Mm. I can't remember. There's a lot more. I can't remember who they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that. And all of those women, like you're saying, interesting conversations would be had having them all at your table. Mm. But Celeste, this brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for bringing the energy, um, the insights, your personal your personal story of where you started and, and now where you are and where you still have plans to be. To our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. But Celeste, where can listeners reach you? Awesome. And so I just want to say from my side as well, it's been lovely for, for me also to be chatting to you and I'm happy that we've, we've met Um so, so in terms of where people can find me, my website, boldcuriosity.com, and then Bold Curiosity on Instagram as well. The business page is there and my personal page where it's a lot about lipstick and wine and cupcakes. Um, <laughs> but my business page is, is the work that I do. And then on Twitter, I'm at Boldly Celeste. They can also follow there and see some of the work that I share. And uh, what else? Facebook. Mm-hmm business page, Bold Curiosity, and LinkedIn, my personal profile. Perfect. So we've reached the end, but thank you so much for taking the time. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Awesome. Yeah, but this has been lovely. I'm, I'm happy we got to connect and chat. To support the show, don't forget to subscribe to Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or recommend this show to a friend. We'll be back in your ears next month. Until then, be bold, be brave, be inspired. Her Bold Story, in proud association with 168FM.